Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera. We've got an exciting podcast planned for you guys today. Uh, we are in studio with the Warp family. We have... Uh, Mr. Stephen Warp, say hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and, uh, and with uh, Samuel Warp as well. Yeah, how are y'all? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, these guys are uh, uh, part of a very exciting uh, family and ministry uh, called Blessed by Israel. And they're here visiting our community. We're actually out camping, having a, a great time at Lithia yeah, Springs. Amazing, yeah. Apparently, awesome. See, these guys are, uh, are, are traveling business people. Uh, I mean, just uh, all around great folks. And so... Uh, They've got an RV that they bring around with a big trailer full of uh, all of the greatest things from Israel. And so we're going to hear a little bit about what, they, uh, what they're doing, hear about their heart, kind of uh, how, how their ministry got started, and, uh, and kind of go from there. And so mm-hmm. why don't you guys tell us uh, how you got started uh, in this, what, what inspired you, and, and kind of let's go from there. I think what really started us is we, we wanted to be more involved with what God was doing. And we recognized, you know, I, I went to Isaiah 2, and it talked about the the law of the Lord going from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And until that's restored, I mean, that is for all nations. So this is what God is doing in our days, and we wanted to be involved. And one of the first things we recognized is that there's there's a battle going on. There's a battle going on over the land of Israel. And we see it especially now in the last few years over the Temple Mount, over Judea and Samaria, which the nations want to divide. They want to call it the West Bank because they disassociate it from uh, the land of Israel. And they disassociate it from the Bible. So he said, you know what? We want to be involved. How can we get involved with what God's doing? Yeah, I think one of the things that we recognize is wherever you see a battle, and you know that God is doing something. And when we look at today's world, uh, where where is the world focused is Israel. And so we definitely see that uh, that God is once again doing something with his people and he's bringing them home. And it's incredible to watch. But, of course, with that, there's going to be that battle that we, that we see. We see it in the news. We see it uh, all across the globe. We see it in the U.N. Um, but it's not a bad thing. It's exciting because that means that God is on the move and we want to be a part of that. Amen. You, uh, Samuel, you were talking last night, and uh, you said something very interesting about, uh, or one of you said something very interesting. I don't want to steal credit from the Hopefully other. Hopefully both of us. Hopefully, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but you, you were saying how uh, they did a poll of people about mm. the biblical heartland. And tell, tell, me, tell me about that and, and how, how people have just a lack of knowledge about what is the biblical heartland to the point where they're now misappropriating you know, the land. Right. So w- what I... I was reading an article, and, and it's very interesting because it, it talked about um, Christian, mainstream, mainstream Christian Christianity, and uh, that 95% of Christians believe um, that the, the, the land that was given to Abraham by God is the land for the Jewish people. But almost the same amount of people believe that that same land is the land of the Palestinians because they don't understand that the land of the Palestinians is the biblical heartland that was given to to the Jewish people by 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 uh, God. So, so in other words, you're saying that oh yes, we believe that what God's promises that what He said is true that the land that God gave to Abraham, 
that 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 is has been passed down through that family and to the to the present day family members the Jewish right. people but at the same time when you say hey who does the west bank belong to and they say oh the west bank you know which is like it's kind of a cuss word right. around here uh, because we call it Judea and Samaria, mm-hmm. the biblical heartland right. of Israel. Because uh, I, I guess I mean in the stories of Abraham, you know, he comes into the land through Shechem, mm-hmm. right? Which which is is present day uh, being called Nablus in the West Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he goes to, to to Hebron, which is where the matriarchs and patriarchs are buried. He has a land title deed to that land, right. and these are the contested places. Um, and that's what's so exciting because you guys are um, you know y- y- you you tell it very probably better than I do, but uh, the, the way that you guys said, um, you know, enough is enough. We can't be silent because this is a, a it's a present day way that that uh, people are being anti-Semitic, that misappropriating the land and saying that the land that was given by God to Abraham and to his seed is now somehow because the the nations know better than God that they can can give it away to somebody else or sell it or, or do anything. E- even the Jewish people aren't allowed to do it, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because for us, for many years, we were part of something called the March of Remembrance, uh, which was aimed at Holocaust uh, education, helping the church understand the consequences of our silence. And many times it was the anti-Semitism that's actually rooted in much, much of Christianity, not recognizing that God keeps his covenants and his promises forever. And that when God called his people home to Israel, this is, I mean, for me, this is the greatest testimony of, of his promise to me. If he will not keep his promises to Israel, mm. those that he chose, the promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, why would I believe he'd ever keep the promise to me? So when we started seeing, we, we promised that never again will we be, be silent if we saw this again. And just a few years ago, uh, something really ugly started really uh, coming main stage on the world. It's called BDS, the Boycott, Divest, and Sanction Movement. And it is a means to economically and uh, in front of everybody just cripple the Jewish people and destroy their state, destroy their economy, malign them, and uh, belittle the the nation of Israel. But one of the things they did, the EU came out um, in December of 2015 and said that any product coming out of Judea and Samaria we don't recognize that as being part of Israel. That is the Palestinian land. Therefore, for, um, so people, for, for fair labeling, so people really know what they're getting, we want you to relabel those products. You cannot say it's from Israel anymore. And the Obama administration tried to follow suit just a few weeks later, and our family sat and said, you know what? They are painting a big yellow star again on the storefronts of the Jewish people. And what we want to do, we change it. BDS, Boycott, Divest, and Sanction. You know, God always has, there's always a counterfeit. God has a a calling for, I believe, Christians and Jews and anybody that loves Israel to do a BDS too. It's called to bless, defend, and serve the land, the people, and the God of Israel. So uh, Mm -hmm. we launched a company Mm -hmm. to actually, we want people going into those storefronts. You see a big yellow star? I want people to go in and buy. I want people to get involved and break the back of this. I mean, it's just a destructive spirit trying to destroy what God is doing. It absolutely is. It's it's a it's it's an awesome picture that you paint. That it's it is it's the new yellow star, 
that this this um, this packaging labels that uh, they think that they're doing something good, and that's just and that's just how it goes, right? That uh, there, there's a sin that was committed in the Garden of Eden. It was the eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, deciding for ourselves right. what's good and what's evil, mm-hmm. and and God said, "Don't do it." And so, what do we do? We go and we do it. Mm-hmm. And so in this case, uh, to our own demise, because the God of Israel says uh, the promise to Abraham and to his seed is that I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. And you guys had an interesting take on on that scripture from the Hebrew standpoint. Right. Yeah, I think that's Dad's that's Dad's uh, yeah, thing. So we go, so, we yeah. go back into Genesis 12, and there's actually two words for uh, for curse. Um, and one means to to actually to to stand against to rail against to cut off to utterly destroy, the other one means more of a to to malign to count as insignificant as as unimportant. So when it says those, you know, we all love that I I will bless those that bless you, but we don't really understand that I will curse those that curse you, because if you were to translate it properly, it would say those that count you as insignificant that want no involvement with you that do not care that turn away from you, those I will utterly cut off. That is a better translation of those verses. And I think many of us um, in Christendom, we're waiting for God to do something. We think that's his problem. We, we don't realize that we are called to be involved. We are called to be involved in this restoration. If some of us look and we're almost like on the sidelines. It's like watching a football game. And that's not what sons do. I mean, what, what did Yeshua say? He said that I must be about my father's business. Right. And if the biggest thing, everybody's looking for miracles, everybody's focused on heal me, bless me, do this and that for me. But we don't have our eyes set on what God is doing. That's where the miracles start. Unless you're focused mm-hmm. where your father's focused, unless you're involved with your father's involved, and with, unless you're yearning for what your heart, your father is yearning for, you're missing it. You're disengaged. But if this is a work of God, if God has called the people of Israel back to the land, we as his sons and daughters need to get involved and be part of that restoration and redemption. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, you know, what's interesting is also that you've got uh, mainstream Christian denominations, kind of like the old guard, if you will, Mm -hmm. that have been uh, to their own detriment. Uh, jumping on with BDS, right. jumping on with uh, calling out, you know, for for example, recently Trump, uh, Donald Trump came out and uh, said what is obvious to all of us. <laughs> We're like, duh. But he <laughs> said that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that somebody has to come out and say that and then that there's opposition to it. It just shows you that we, we're living in a time where there's a major spiritual battle. This is not just flesh and blood. Because Definitely. if it was flesh and blood, they'd be like, yeah, their Knesset's there. Uh, yeah, the prime minister lives there. Uh, yeah, everything governmental, all their agencies, everything. Oh, oh yeah, it's all based out of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So it's obvious that it's the capital. Nobody comes to Florida and says that, uh, oh, Tallahassee's not the capital of Florida. Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, why are we saying... Why are we having to defend something that's so obvious and so true? And that just goes to show you that it's a spiritual battle, that uh, the people that have come out against these things, these denominations, uh, really it's, it's also evident that you know, 
people are leaving those those types of of, of churches in droves, mm-hmm. and they're coming into the evangelical movement. They're coming into the Hebrew roots. They're coming into, uh, you know, Messianic church. And why are they doing these things? Because as the world turns left and gets further and further away from truth, uh, people are going to turn towards the Bible and the Torah for absolute truth. And it's it's just something that um, you guys are obviously doing. A lot of people, a lot of us talk about it, but you guys are, are, are putting your, your feet to the ground, boots on the mm-hmm. ground, and actually participating and doing something. So you guys have, have started a, a ministry to make awareness mm-hmm. uh, to the BDS movement and how mm-hmm. Christians can get involved. And so w- what are the, some of the ways that you guys know of that, that Christians can get involved and do our little part to participate in uh, blessing, defending, and serving Israel? Well, for... For many years, uh, we, I mean, we've, we've walked this path for a long time, and uh, Dad likes to say, you know, just as James talks about uh, faith without works is dead, we kind of felt in the same line that a lot of people, and even we ourselves, we prayed for Israel a lot, but prayer without works is dead too. If we're not actively involved in what God is doing today, then then it's 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 not it's kind of pointless, and so we wanted to create a way that we could actually actively be involved in with what God is doing in the land of Israel because He's doing a work, and it's it is a spiritual, uh, incredible spiritual thing that is happening, and we wanted to uh, be focused on that. You know, it's it's not for any reason um, besides spiritual that you know why why isn't Jerusalem the capital? You know, I mean, obviously. I mean, 129 nations think it's a big deal that that and stand opposed, you know, in the UN that Jerusalem is not the capital. Obviously, something is happening in the world today that a, that a country the size of New Jersey can make such a big big shake. And uh, yeah, they what, what is it? They have less than one percent of the land mass of the Middle East. Mm. Less yeah, less exactly. than one percent. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, hello. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't think that that's, oh, and then they want to kick them off of that, you know, drive them into the sea or whatever it is that uh, that they say in the media and whatnot, it's just like, how does that? How how, how I, I just I guess we're I get we're preaching to the choir here because we're like dumbfounded, thinking this is the silliest <laughs> thing ever, and these other people are obviously filled with some other spirit that's that's driving them right. to do the opposite of bless Israel. You know, mm-hmm. I really believe it's the spirit of Antichrist. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, when, when you oppose Israel, when you oppose what God is doing, I think a, a lot of well-meaning people, it's almost like a, a humanistic view that we, we should be making peace, that we should find some way to make peace. But what we're forgetting is God has a peace plan. Mm-hmm. It's written as Torah. Mm-hmm. We need to follow that. We need to understand that. That is the redemption. Yeah, you know, it's just this morning somebody was telling me the word shalom actually means to, to rid out the chaos. So it's not just this this Western ideal of peace, but that you know there's peace through strength. Mm-hmm. They talk about uh, speak softly and carry a big stick. You shouldn't have to go to war if you have a giant army, because nobody wants to go to war with you. Mm-hmm. That there's a, a peace through strength, and and obviously Israel has has done a good job of, of proving themselves in battles in the past. That that now there has been more of a of a peace from from their Arab neighbors coming in with their official armies. Now it's attacks from right. you know, these smaller terrorist groups and, and radicals uh, mm-hmm. and whatnot. But these other militaries know that they can't come up against the God of Israel because when they go and they fight Israel, that's who they're coming against. They're not coming against the army because there's all these, uh, these instances throughout history where Israel should have been defeated but wasn't defeated. Mm-hmm. That Israel, 
at the very least should have been uh, should have lost, mm-hmm. uh, but they won. They decimated the enemy, and and there's only one explana- explanation for that, and that's that God's God's obviously on the side of Israel because He's mm-hmm. the God of Israel. You know, He's the one that we worship and that we serve. Mm-hmm. When we look at uh, the story of Nehemiah, you know, and and when the the, the nations came. Um, the Samaritans and those people of the land who came, um, one of th- they came and derailed them and said, you're ridiculous, you know, you're never going to do this. And then they came against them militarily. And now I think we're seeing it in modern times where they derailed them. They said, you know, this, you know, the Jewish people, people coming out of the Holocaust, and now they want to make a state. And now it's happened. Mm-hmm. And so they came against them militarily. And that didn't work either, because obviously it's a work of the Lord. And so now we have the BDS movement. We have people, um, you know, in, in governments that are coming against Israel, and they're trying to strangle them um, economically and trying to, and trying to, uh, um, how would you say it, trying to help me out to, here. Trying to undermine the state of Israel. Right, Understa- exactly. Uh, actually, and it's not just Israel. They are trying to undermine the work of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and unfortunately, what really scares me. I, I used to think the separating of the sheep and goats was at the judgment, and I'm realizing that right now in my day, right in front of me, within the church, God is separating the sheep and the goats. And I do not believe you can be against the work of God, stand against Israel, and worship His Messiah, His King, that He is called to rule and reign. I mean. It, There'll be judgment on that. And you can mm-hmm. go into Matthew and you can see that, you know, the way you treat one of the least of these, my brethren. And, and it's talking about the judgment of the nations. That's happening right in front of us. Yeah, we were talking about, um, or at least I was talking about, useful idiots the other day. About how, I know it's, it makes you laugh, but <laughs> unfortunately, uh, the actions of these people are prophesied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we knew this was coming. We knew these people were going to behave in this way. And, and it's unfortunate because... Sure, they're playing into the plan of God, but they're just on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean the judgment's going to be any less for them, mm-hmm. uh, that they're, they're being used by the enemy's camp. Uh, just because God can see the end from the beginning, it doesn't mean that these actions and these behaviors are okay and that these ideologies are okay. Uh, it, it means that you've chosen unwisely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, when, they, uh, when you make a decision to support something, you want to support the things that God supports. You want to mm-hmm. love the things that God loves. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's not necessarily about what we're against, because what we are is we're for something. We're for mm-hmm. supporting uh, the people. And uh, there's these, these wonderful stories um, of these pioneers in the land of Judea and Samaria, mm-hmm. these people who have, have given up everything uh, just to fulfill prophecy, just to mm-hmm. be a part and to participate. You guys are, are some of those folks. I mean... Uh, you're you're not even Jewish, right? You're from the nations, mm-hmm. and you're supporting uh, the people who are the pioneers in Judea and Samaria because they have so much opposition coming against them, and they're starting an economy of their own. They're building towns from scratch. Literally, we're talking. They start with like tents and huts, mm-hmm. and then yeah. and then they start you know breaking ground and, and, and putting actual buildings and whatnot. And then you get to certain settlements. Uh, "Quote unquote resettlements," as you yes. guys call them, right? Because yes. they're not settlers, yeah. right? They're, they're pioneers resettlers. and they're resettlers, resettlers. Mm-hmm. because this land already belongs to them, and uh, and so y- 
there's all these awesome stories. And so I'm, I'm here, and uh, I've had the benefit, uh, unlike many of you guys who are listening, of already uh, meeting the Warp family and trying some of the products that they're bringing over from <laughs> GD and Samaria. Yeah. Um, there's, there's tea. I'm actually drinking tea right now, nice, warm tea. You guys can all be very jealous. This tea is from the land. It's good. I can tell you that it's good. It tastes mm. amazing. I'm actually drinking the pomegranate tea right now. Oh, yeah. um, and so... Uh, again, you guys can be very jealous. Uh, and then they have this special Hanukkah edition chocolate um, from Holy Cacao Chocolate. Uh, that He's I'm not sharing. That uh, well, I'm gonna share. <laughs> I'm gonna share. I broke it out, and we're gonna eat it here. And then you guys can be very jealous <laughs> while you're listening to this. Whether, good, yeah. Wherever you are, if you're in your car listening to this, or you're at home, uh, because uh, what I'm gonna do is after I make you very jealous uh, of what we're doing here and eating and. Uh, and, and drinking, I'm going to give you some information on how you can get some for yourself because that's that's really, I think, what we're going to get down to here in a minute about what is the little thing, all right? What, what is the obvious thing that we can do to help, right? And so yeah. I'm, I'm here. I actually have uh, honey uh, from, uh, it's Negaot, right? Negaot. 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 Uh, so I have uh, honey, uh, raw honey. So this is not even filtered, right? I'm getting, like, right. the raw stuff right from the land. It's in my tea. And I actually ate a spoonful of it before I put it in my tea because it's that good. <laughs> and I put it in my tea. And so uh, what's even more amazing is you have these people, they have nothing. They've given up everything that they had. They've sold all their stuff, and they've moved out into the middle of, of nowhere but everywhere, right? The most important place in the world, the biblical heartland of Israel. So they've right. moved into the heartland, and they've started businesses. The center of God's economy, the center of God's kingdom, that's where they're at. Mm. And and so they've got these businesses, but they're busy making honey right. and making chocolate mm-hmm. and making tea because they're just these, they're families. They're literally just families. I mean, so, so I want to hear some of the stories. Tell me, tell me about, so I, I've got some chocolate here. Tell me about the chocolate. Where, where does it come from? Who's making it? Um, I'm going to eat some while you talk, just <laughs> so you know. Well, it's a, I mean, really, it's a testimony that, that uh, it is the land of milk and honey and and the land is very, very good. It's a, it's a Joshua Cale report, and uh, so right before we get into the chocolate story, what I love to tell people is because we're sometimes we get so focused on, on the on, the CNN Israel, and we get focused on on the Israel that that we hear in the news and the media, and we miss the all the prophecies and the scripture that we see that's happening today in 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 in, in the world. Uh, that God is once again, um, you know, we read in Amos 9 that the end of the chapter talks about that he's going to restore the people and bring them home. We read in, in Isaiah, Jeremiah, every, all of these prophecies, and it's happening today. And what we miss is that we can focus on all the problems, but um, so something that I realized over time was I continued, you know, I was reading the story of Joshua and Caleb and, and the ten spies who came back from spying out the land and uh, the ten spies, they brought a bad report back. But what was interesting was everything that they said was true. Mm-hmm. And they said that there's giants in the land, there's fortified cities, and we feel like grasshoppers in their sight. But they were looking at it from the eyes of man. They were looking at it through the eyes of, t- of modern-day CNN. They were looking at it from the eyes of, of the impossibilities. They weren't looking at it from the eyes of God that the land is good. And um, I think the Jewish people are realizing that, and that's what... That's why they're being called home, and that's what we want to share. That's the Israel we want to share, and so um, 
Joe Zander, who makes our chocolate. Which I, I just ate some. Yeah. I can tell you that the chocolate is good. Yeah, <laughs> very good. That's why we let Samuel talk. We were both eating. <laughs> yeah. Samuel had to had to, to deny the chocolate. Mm-hmm. So now Samuel and you can be jealous if you're listening. <laughs> no, it's good. I already already had too many bars myself. So we've actually worked with Joe in his in his chocolate factory, and as Dad always likes to say, he says, you know. You can't muzzle an ox while it's plowing, and so therefore you can't stop a person from eating chocolate while they're working in a chocolate factory. And so, um, and so, where where are these guys at? So this is a town called Penei Heber, and it's actually right, right across the way from Hebron. Yeah, so Hebron is where the, the it's basically the city of the patriarchs, where Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are buried, and their their wives besides Rachel, and. Um, and it's, inc- it's incredible because Joe uh, was living in Denver, Colorado, and um, then he went to Germany, I believe, for and learned about chocolate. And he said he always it was something that he always wanted to do, but he just didn't know when or the right time. And uh, eventually, they made they made it over to Israel. He and his family. And uh, over time, you know, he 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 was. He and his friend were in uh, yeshiva together, which is studying Torah. And and you know, over the winter or so, he would make he would make some chocolate, just you know, a little batch here and there, and, and sell out of his out of his uh, tra- house, his trailer. And uh, slowly, uh, that grew into now they have a, a full fledged factory where they are uh, making amazing chocolate. They're bringing in. Uh, chocolate beans from all over the world. He chooses. He goes, flies around the world, finds the best, the organic beans, has them shipped back to Israel, and it's it's incredible because it's it's a factory that um, most factories don't do this, but they take it all the way from the bean, which is the chocolate bean, all the way to the bar. So which so is this isn't product. this isn't Charlie in the chocolate factory. This is Joe. This is Joe in the Joe chocolate in the chocolate factory. factory. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's incredible. Awesome. Yeah. It, it is so. So literally, this is a family mm-hmm. that moved two out families. into yeah. two families. Okay, mm-hmm. two, that moved Jones out Zev. into the to the middle of of the valley there in he, uh, next to Hebron, mm-hmm. right? Which I, I feel like I've heard stories in the Bible about this valley just outside of Hebron. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so right where the matriarchs and patriarchs walked and are yeah. now buried, mm-hmm. uh, they they started a chocolate factory. And so if if it's true that You'll be blessed if you bless them. So buying their chocolate is a way of blessing them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just blessed by the chocolate because <laughs> it's good stuff. So that's fantastic. So so it's a, a, an easy, simple way for us to bless uh, the land because when we sow into them, not only are we immediately blessed, but we're also uh, blessed by God himself mm-hmm. because we're doing it with the right intention. So mm-hmm. awesome. Any, anything else you want to tell me about the chocolate? It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm eating the 70%. It's a, it's a 70% cacao chocolate. Uh, it's the, the Hanukkah um, commemorative edition. Yeah. Uh, but they also have many different styles, I think, all the way down to 45%, mm-hmm. and then all the way up to 100%. Right. Um, you know, I'm personally not a fan of the 100%. Uh, at least I haven't been in the past, but I haven't tried their 100%. So it's, the be- it's their best seller. Really? It is mm-hmm. their best seller. So maybe I need to try the best-selling chocolate from that they make. It, yeah. it does not have sugar in it. I mean, it's it, with ice cream. It's excellent. Yeah. It's wow. It's and then with a name like Holy Cacao, what a great name. Right. You know, because yeah. it's in the Holy Land. Anyway, so. Well, it's interesting because you know we worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, so it goes from the Lord. 
we're coming from, 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 from God's heart to the people that he cherishes and, and watching them invest and restore the land. Yeah. So, you know, um, so, so I want to talk about olive oil and honey and tea. And I want to talk about these other things that are there. Uh, because I think that, you know, the Lord says, taste and see that I am good. This is a way that we can mm-hmm. taste and see yeah. that he is good. So uh, Negahot, mm-hmm. you said, was uh, was the, what you even call a honey factory, uh, the mm-hmm. beehives or the, right. the whatever you call it. So tell me about these guys at Negahot. Uh, that's uh, Shimrit and her husband Baruch. They were actually in uh, Gush Katif um, for many, many years before they were driven out of the, with the Gaza Strip in 2005. Okay, and so they were in the Gaza Strip, and they were part of the families that were ripped yes, out of their they homes. Were, they were ripped out of their homes, and wow. they had to start over again. Just a just a sweet, sweet family. I'm falling in love with each family I meet. I mean, sure. each one is so special, and each one has such a, a passion for God and a passion for the land. So they're ripped out. They have their children. I think they have five children. Um, and they, they moved up, and they, they resettled in Negahot, which is outside of Hebron as well, and into a small... Uh, single wide trailer and she was devastated she just said I don't know how he does it but he always looks to rebuild his he never looks at the past he never dwells in the defeat he always dwells on the promises of God and rebuilds um, so they went from that single wide trailer then they put stilts and they built two trailers you know back to back to the, for their growing family now they're building a wonderful home and he's up to 1100 beehives between him and his father and they wow, take those eleven hundred. What a blessing that is for them, huh? Mm-hmm. So they must produce a lot of honey. They are producing a lot of honey. The Lord is really blessing them. And so I actually I'm trying uh, the wildflower honey, mm-hmm. which is which is very good. Wildflowers uh, usually have a um, they're very it's very sweet, but it also has a little bit of a kick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, what other you said? There's other types of honey that they oh, they, they make they as well. Take them down into the uh, well. They move all these hives, which which I didn't know. So they kind of follow the agricultural progression. So they take them down into where the avocado groves are. They take them down into citrus. So Which it, helps out just, these farmers, right? It, it, it's, yeah. they, it all works together. Yeah. It's like a little, little its own little economy within mm-hmm. agriculture because the bees have to uh, pollinate uh, these groves. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they're making honey for him. And so he's doing the farmers a favor. And then he's doing, obviously, himself a favor mm-hmm. uh, through that. Very cool. But, but one of the things we, that we've doing, we're doing is it's not just bringing products. It, it's not that simple a process. So we're working with them to actually get through the FDA um, requirements and get them certified. Honey is considered a, an animal byproduct, so they had to go through the veterinary, veteran, uh, veterinarians as well and get certified there and then get all their labeling, and then, fi- then we have to work with them to get it exported and imported. So, and that's the same thing we're doing with the olive oil. We've done it with cosmetics. Um, even the ceramics had to be certified that they were, uh, the material was okay for, for eating, that it was good for food quality. Very interesting. So, man, so there's a lot of different products that you guys sell uh, that these folks are making. I mean, and that's great because uh, when we sow into the land, they're able to then uh, buy things that can help them expand their business. Mm-hmm. They can feed their families. Right. They can help other people come over and join them in these communities and, and be pioneers as well. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, they're like a shining light to these other folks saying, hey, it's possible. Right. Hey, guess what? Not only uh, are, are we coming out here on faith, but we started something on faith. And now look at these people, you know, the Christians, <laughs> hello, that are, are participating in the blessing of these folks as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so olive oil. So I, I see we, I've, I have a, a nice large bottle of, of Tura Estate Winery olive oil, extra mm-hmm. virgin, cold press mm-hmm. olive oil uh, at my house. And I, uh, I, I like it uh, just with bread or um, with anything. It, it's, it's a good olive oil. You can cook with it. Uh, but you can also just eat it eat it raw, mm-hmm. um, which it has a great flavor to it. Uh, tell me about these guys over there at uh, at Tura. Well, it's like you, uh, you know, you said taste and see that the Lord is good, and uh, I think everything that's coming out of the land of Israel that we're bringing over is just a testimony to the faithfulness of God that these people are there, that against all odds that they are that they are working the land of Israel, you know, just like the just like their forefathers. Hey, God has brought them home. And so the story with the olive oil is uh, Ares and Barad, and uh, they actually started off as a winery, and uh, so they've gotten into olive oil, and uh, we've been able to, to bring their olive oil over. But the amazing story behind them is that uh, it was Ares and, and, his, and one of his friends near uh, wanted to plant vines because in Jeremiah 31, verse 5, I believe, uh, we read, it says that you shall yet plant vines in the mountains of Samaria. And uh, they looked at this verse and they said, well, if that's what it says in Scripture, then that's what we need to be doing. And so but they took a, uh, they took a uh, soil sample and they sent it into the experts and they said, you know, we really want to find out, you know, this area that we're going to plant in Samaria, we want to find out what, what, what can grow in there. And uh, the experts sent, it, sent back the results and they said nothing. Don't waste your time. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you know, all the topsoil's gone. There's been no plowing or reaping now, so the organic material's gone. It's mm-hmm. dead. Which is a historical fact and a, a prophetic fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is prophesied that the, the, the Romans came in and they salted the land, mm-hmm. that the taxes uh, were by the tree. Like if, how, the when, you ha- when you own land, uh, the, the folks, the Ottoman Empire would tax you based on the number of trees in the land. So they cut down the trees so they didn't have to pay taxes on them. I mean, the land's just been decimated for one reason or another over time, which, is, which was, was prophesied. Mm-hmm. And so, so what happened? Obviously, uh, you're, there's probably a good story at this. There's, there's nothing that they can do with this soil because it's, it's junk soil, according mm-hmm. to the world. What happened? Well, for 2,000 years, it's been dead. And, I mean, that was prophecy fulfilled, and now, but now we're living in a different, a different time, a different season. And they said, well, we understand what you're saying, but we believe what it says in Scripture, that there will be vines. And so Eros was actually just, he had just gotten married. He took all of the money from his wedding and uh, put it into vines and put them on, planted them in the mountains. And now the mountains are covered in vineyards. It's incredible. That is incredible. So, listen, folks, this is incredible. It, it's one thing to make a business investment in something that you're pretty sure is going to work out. Right. It's another thing to be a young man, freshly married, mm-hmm. freshly married with all this responsibility that's just been laid upon you, all these promises that you're making to your new wife that you're going to provide and protect her, provide for her and protect her, and, and your new family that's going to come from that. And he takes all of his money, and what does he bet on? He bets on God, yeah. is what you're telling me. Right. Because he didn't bet on that soil, because if he would have betted on that soil, he probably would have lost. But because he looked at the scriptures, mm-hmm. and that's where his faith lied, that his faith lied in God, God blessed that. And so now, we, they, I guess they planted vineyards, so, mm-hmm. so grapes, and, and they have wine, olive groves. and yeah. then olive groves. And yeah. so these olive groves, we actually have, uh, have some right here with us. It's a, it's a beautiful bottle as well. Yeah. Uh, and uh, prize, prize winning olive oil. So and and Nega Hope won a bunch of prizes too. Yes, they did. So check this out. And so and so is Joe Zander with the, the chocolate. 
So, so, and these, these awards happen, and just to give you a picture of how these awards get won. So they send in their samples to these festivals. So it'll, say it'll be a chocolate festival or an olive oil festival. And these people are all like the, the world-renowned connoisseur experts, you know, hoity-toity, nose-in-the-air folks about just the best of the best on, on wine, olive oil, honey, and chocolate. And these people, when they're testing it, they don't know what they're testing. They're just picking these things out blindly and saying, this one is the best one. And then voila, they uncover the name and they're like, it's from Israel, not just from Israel, Judea and Samaria. And these people are like, oh, no, we picked the wrong one. It's like, no, they didn't. You picked the right one because God is blessing this land. It's the best of the best stuff. Amen. And this olive oil is actually coming from the ancient hills of Shiloh where the tabernacle stood for 369 years. So when you take this olive oil, you're actually seeing prophecy come back to life. Oh, man. I mean, this was devastating. I was there uh, 25, 26 years ago, and I went to ancient Shiloh, drove up. I was single, and there was nothing there. There was a little tiny street sign that said Shiloh and, and pointed to the right or to the east. And I got out, and I'm walking around in the fields, and I finally waved a lady down and asked her, where, where was the tabernacle? Where was this? And she looked at me like I was crazy. Maybe I am. Maybe I was. And she pointed me off into the field. So I walked that field, and there was nothing. Rock, stone, grass. If you go back there now, it is, there's a city, a thriving city. There's olive groves. There's vineyards. The whole land, it's totally changed. The land has come back to life because the people have come back. So what you're telling me is that the very places where there were olive groves that grew olives to produce olive oil for the tabernacle, for the lampstand in the tabernacle, so the very place, Mm -hmm. this olive oil is coming from that place? Yes. Stop. For real? Of course. We've actually helped pick the olives. Wow. has been involved. What what an awesome experience. You guys are awesome. You know, uh, folks... Uh, I'm going to stop teasing you, and I'm going to ask them the very simple question. Where can you go to get some chocolate, some honey, some tea, some olive oil, some ceramics? You know, everybody has different preferences, uh, but I think that these things are from the land, and the land is good. So why don't you guys tell me wh- where they can go and how they can get this stuff? So we have a, a website that we're we're slowly trying to, to, to build. Um, we're trying to get the products out there. We have been uh, working... Uh, or my brother, uh, Matthew, has been working tirelessly on, on trying to, to get the, the website up and running. And Ben, another brother, has been um, social media. We're trying to trying to make a big, big impact. Um, but our website is called blessedbyisrael.com. So blessed by? By. B-U-Y. So B-U-I. Blessed by B-U-Y Israel.com. Okay. And uh, all of the products are on there. Um, but really... It, our goal is not just to get the product out, but so that people uh, hear the stories and, and understand that they're not just buying a bottle of olive oil from Ares and Vered, but they're buying an ol- a bottle of, or not just a bottle of olive oil from Israel, but a bottle of olive oil from Ares and Vered who live in, live in Rechalim, who have you know this many children and and are have put their lives on the line, who you know stand on the covenants and the promises that where this. You know the whole story. You know we want to share the story, not just not just that it's something from Israel, but the story of what God is doing in the land today, mm-hmm. so that you can be you can be um, connected to the, to yeah. these people. Connected to the land. I think that uh, we all uh, want to be connected, to, and this is a way that we can directly be 
connected to the land. This was in their hands, mm -hmm. and it's come now over here to the States, and it can be in our hands, and we can taste it, mm -hmm. you know, and we can, we can experience it. That's fantastic. So um, every dollar is my understanding, or, or the products that people purchase, that money is going back to purchasing more goods um, yes, from, from, uh, from these families mm -hmm. and bring it over here so that people can buy more of it because, yes. you know, you guys are ramping up, and, mm -hmm. uh, but you guys also have a ministry, and people can donate to the cause. So if, um, it's my understanding they can go to the website as well. Yes, there is a, there is a link. It's, we're blessed by Israel Ministries or Tehlim Forty Six. Okay, and uh, and you can donate directly to our family. That's our family support that enables us to travel, come down here. Uh, we've gone from Texas down to Florida. We'll be going out to California, up into Ohio, Washington D.C. Uh, so we travel and we share quite a bit because it's important. You know, one of the things when you any kind of genocide, any kind of prejudice, any kind of persecution. The first thing you have to do is dehumanize. You remove the face of the people. So our passion is to, to put a face back on the people, the, the people that are actually resettling the land. These people have the faith of their fathers, the love of the land, the love of God. You know, when, when Abraham died, what did the Philistines do? The first thing they did is they went and they stopped up all the wells. Mm -hmm. uh, they had no love for the land. Right. You don't conquer something and then destroy it. Right. In other words, they despise the land. When the, you see what's going on today, when the Turkish, the Ottomans, what did they do? They, instead of planting trees, for me, trees meant taxes because you're going to get more oil, you're going to get more produce, whether it's uh, citrus or something. But if you don't have the love for the land, you cut down the trees. You destroy it. The Jewish people, if you go and you look at the communities, the Jewish communities, the settlements, they are all about replenishing they planted tens of, probably millions of trees have been planted in the state of Israel. No doubt. I mean, they're actually changing the, the, the very um, the climate. climate because of what they're doing. They're about restoring. That's and this is so called tikkun olam, the, 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 the great restoration of the land. And that's a message we need to get out to, like, uh, the liberal folks that are out there, you know, worried about people cutting down trees and... And these guys are restoring the land and bringing it back to life, you know. Mm -hmm. So where, where other people are tearing down, these folks are building. That's awesome. When I'm in Israel, I'm a tree hugger, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. We actually, we, we actually, we planted trees. We went up uh, Baruch and Batya to do our ceramics. We had a good time. Uh, we spent Sukkot with them, with their family. The, the boys would play music. We, we have jam sessions. <clears throat> and one of Baruch's passions is planting trees. So we actually went up there and we planted five trees with him on his property. And, and it's different. Like Samuel said, that the land, the topsoil has gone. It's rock. In order to plant one tree, you really have to dig about three or four holes before you can find a spot. Wow. So you're digging through rocks, you're digging through dirt, and finally you find a spot and you can plant a tree. But we've worked with them. Sam, Samuel built a, they just got goats, so Samuel's up there, built them a, a goat stanchion yeah. the other day, and that was a lot of fun, too. And yeah. So these, these are our friends. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's that's just fantastic. You guys are a real, a real inspiration. So, Sam, I think you had something. Yeah, one last thing. So I had a, it was an amazing thing that I, I think the Lord gave this to me, because when you... If you just read these verses, it doesn't. It's kind of sad, but from from my perspective and what I've seen in the land of Israel, it's totally changed my the way I look at these verses. And it's from the the book of Habakkuk, and uh, chapter three, starting verse seventeen. And it says, "Though the fig tree does not blossom, 
and there be no yield on the vines, and though the olive crop fail, and the fields produce no food, and the flock is cut off from the fold, and there are no cattle in the stalls, yet I will triumph in the Lord, and I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. And I realize that if the prophet Habakkuk could say these words when all of these things are not happening, and still say, yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation, how much more can I say, I will rejoice in the God of my salvation, because I know, and I've been to the land of Israel, and I've seen wild figs all over all over the land. I have seen the, the, the fruit on the vines. I have seen that, that the cattle are once again, and the flocks are once again on the hills of Israel. And that makes me excited that, that God is, is, is alive and working and that we can rejoice in the God of our salvation because this is what he's doing and this is the time that he's chosen for us, the time that, that the prophets, that the rabbis, that the disciples, that is everybody has longed for for, for 2,000 years and longer is now happening today and we get to be, God has invited and called each one of us to be a part of that. And so it's finding our place in, in, in the restoration that God is doing, not just in the land of Israel, but all around the world. You know, some people they say, well, God is doing something in Israel, but it's not just in Israel. You know, God, God's desire is that through Israel, the whole world will be restored. And that it's not just that it's not just the temple will be rebuilt for just the Jewish people, but that all nations come up and worship God, you know, and, and worship before the God of Jacob. That's that's the desire uh, that's his desire, and that's uh, as we have um, run this race, that is becoming more and more our desire and our passion to see all people restored, to see all nations restored, and to and to rejoice in what God is doing today. That's awesome. All right, well, folks, you guys heard it here. Uh, the Warp family and uh, are the faces and the names behind uh, Blessed by Israel.com, and that by is B U Y, so Blessed by B U Y Israel.com. Uh, you can go there and you can buy products. If you just want to sow into their mission, you can also donate uh, to their ministry on that page. Um, it is it is two separate um, two separate things because, like I said, the the products or whatnot, the the money goes back into purchasing more products to get over here, and then uh, the donations go directly to their ability to get out and to spread this message, which is an awesome message. It's the message of today that that Jews and Christians can work together, and that we have an obligation not to be silent, to not sit around on our duff, mm. and and not do. Uh, what God is, is calling each and every one of us to do, which is to participate in his kingdom, because his kingdom is now, his kingdom is coming, uh, and and Yeshua is coming. Amen? Amen. Amen. So uh, bless you guys. Thank you guys for being here with us, guys. Thanks for listening um, as well. And uh, we just hope that uh, we can bless these folks by, uh, by giving them our support uh, through our prayers, through our actions, and uh, through our donations and our, and our purchases. And so uh, remember when we do this, we bless Israel. When we bless Israel, we're blessed. Amen? Shalom. Shalom.